Hey guys, welcome to the Ultra Hope Girls podcast. We're so excited to have you guys here for our first episode. We just want to give you a heads up that this episode spoils Trigger Happy Havoc, Chapter One. Play along with us at home. We're going to be taking this whole game case by case and talking about it throughout. So if you're playing for the first time, get up to case one and we'll talk about it here. I'm Maddie. I'm Marin. And I'm Caroline. And we're the Ultra Hope Girls. One. Welcome to the Dong and Roomba Podcast. You're on the threshold of an amazing episode. Showtime. Today, the Ultra Hope Girls are going to be talking about the case where Sayaka attempts to frame Makoto for Leon's death, but is instead killed by Leon. All right. Hey, guys. I'm so hey. excited. Hello. <laughs> We should probably tell the people who we are, just so they know who they're listening to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm Maddie. I am a rising senior now in college. That's crazy. Um, I'm a psychology major. I'm currently technically double majoring in biology, but I won't finish the double major, so I'll end up with a minor, and I'm hoping to go into neuroscience with that. So that's me. That's so cool, Maddie! <coughs> Yay! Just so everyone out there knows, I love Maddie. I'm obsessed with Maddie. She's great. Also, <laughs> I'm obsessed with you, too. <laughs> love um, Maddie. I'll, I'll go next, I guess. Um, hello, everybody. My name is Caroline. I am a musical theater major and a creative writing minor. Um, and so, and I'm also a rising senior in college, which is so insane. Um, I'm planning after college to kind of be working in a city somewhere. We're not quite sure where yet, but we're not going to stress about it too much right now. Um, I also have a YouTube channel called Teacups and Toadstools, where I talk a lot about books and writing and just general things that I love. So if you want to check that out, look me up on YouTube. Yay! Nice. <laughs> Woohoo! We love Caroline as well. <laughs> <laughs> we love... Um, all of us. Uh, I'm Marin. I am a rising senior as well, which is definitely wild. Um, I am a nursing major at Pitt, um, Hilda Pitt, and uh, I love to cook. I love to write. Um, I love video games, um, and I am in an acapella group. That is one of my fave things to do, but yeah, I'm excited to uh, get this going. Yeah. So sure. <laughs> Maddie and I uh, met each other in fifth grade, um, mm -hmm. which is wild, a long time ago. Um, but yeah, we met and we've been friends ever since. And Caroline joined the little squad in seventh grade. <laughs> so yeah. Yes, yeah. indeed. This is true. We were <laughs> high school friends and now we're in college and rebonding over Dang and Rampa. Yes, indeed. So do you guys want to talk a little bit about like how we got into Danganronpa and like why we are into it, I guess. For mm -hmm. sure. Can I go first? Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so Caroline, Caroline is the one who got me into Danganronpa. Um, she kept telling me about it. I mean, it was for quite a while. She kept telling me about it and was saying, oh my gosh, you would love this game. You need to play this game. It's awesome. But I was like, so like, I was, I'd never watched anime. I'd never played like a visual novel style games. So I was like, what? is this like am I really gonna like this it seemed kind of weird and um <clears throat> I gave it a try and by the end of the first murder I was like oh my goodness this is the best game I've ever played so now I am um my my love of this game has blossomed into a full-blown obsession with this franchise 
and now I'm here. So Matt, Maddie even like has dreams <laughs> about the characters. Like Maddie, like is on another level, another plane. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. For me, um, I watched an old friend play the game um, a long time ago, and then it was a couple months ago, and Maddie was like, Marin, like, have you played this? And she would send me, like, fan theories and stuff, and I was like, I didn't really play it. I kind of played it. <laughs> um, but then I was like, I should actually sit down and play this game. And like Maddie, the first case, I loved it. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a good time. It's good. And I have a weird story. Um, in high school, there's a friend of mine in my English class. I think I was a sophomore and she was like, there's this great anime. It's so good. She was one of those people who always came in obsessed with a new thing and would tell everyone about it. It's called Danganronpa and it's so good. And I loved like the Hunger Games at that point. So I was like, Danganronpa sounds good. And so I watched the anime of the first game before I played the games. Um, and I loved it, but then I kind of put it down for a while. And then in college, my partner um, was like, we should play the second game together, and so we did, and then started the obsession all over again, and now it is what is keeping us in touch. Woo, party! Yeah! Woo-hoo. I love the Hunger Games thing. That's so funny. We love That's stories about true. kids killing each other. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what we're here really for. Let's going. <laughs> all right, do we want to just start from the top of the game? I like it. Let's start from the top. Let's do it. All right, so we got Makoto. Oh, icon. Up. He just wants to be so special. He does. Well, he's special. <laughs> he's lucky. Yeah, ultimate lucky. I don't know if he is lucky, though. That was actually something that I wrote down is, is Makoto lucky? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Because even if he's lucky within the game, he um, got stuck in this situation in the first place, which doesn't sound terribly lucky to me. Right, right. You know, it's funny you bring that up because I was thinking, um, and this is jumping ahead a little bit, but in the trial, um, Monokuma was like, wow, it's really unlucky that the lucky student had the stuck door. Yeah. And But it is lucky because it kept him from getting convicted. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, well, I guess, I mean, that's, you know, that's it. And then we descend into madness and black yeah. out. <laughs> also so. something fun i found about <laughs> a little bit of research i did um so at one point you see like the brochure in the prologue that it's like graduation class of 2014 um that would mean that um the the characters in mo- modern day and today would be around 24 years old except for hero who was held back so he is 31 now <laughs> forgot about that he's so old what yeah because he's 21 like in the game he's like i gotta hold back a couple times yeah a couple (laughs) (laughs) i mean i guess we could just talk about the characters i was gonna say i mean first impressions first impressions I mean, my notes i think like i literally have a note that just says marin you are ishimaru but his eyebrows are like wings. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, I mean, first impressions, I, oh, I don't know. (laughs) Um, for people who I liked, there was a much smaller list. Um, I actually really liked Mondo from the first part because he was just kind of like, there he was saying what he wanted to say I was like okay at least he has a personality um (laughs) um I did not like Toko at the beginning me either if this is the whole game I'm not gonna (laughs) like this 
And then I didn't like Taka, even though he and I have some similarities, <laughs> we'll say. <laughs> and uh, yeah, my other least favorite would definitely have been Leon, interestingly, which is really funny <laughs> because that is one of Maddie's favorites. <laughs> he is. Okay. I literally, oh my God, I, I agree with you on the Toko thing. I was like, wow, she's really stuck up. I don't like her. I thought Taka was annoying too, but Leon, oh my goodness. I was like, I don't even know why. I don't have a good reason, but I love Leon. Like, I just love him. And um, I like his style. He's adorable. I loved how he was saying, like, that he was like, I'm not going to cut my hair. I'm not going to dye it back to normal, which obviously means he's not a natural redhead. But he's like, (laughs) he wants to be a musician. Like, it's just cute. And I just love him. (laughs) It's funny because, like, um playing back over the game a second time I realized I was like he actually says things that are kind of mean sometimes though like he um I think like twice like once or twice calls Hifumi fatty and I'm like oh my goodness Leon like you can't say things like that but at the same time you know it's they're all in a very stressful situation they're not their best selves right now so like that's true (laughs) yeah It's funny because um, I remember when Maddie was playing through the first game for the first time and she was texting us like all the time and like the first half of the game she was like oh my god guys I love Leon I'm obsessed with Leon and I'm out here like he's about to be a murderer bro like (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was tragic (laughs) oh my god um for me okay so so for all all you fans out there of the Ultra Hope Girls Toko is my favorite character <laughs> in the first game, but not at the beginning. And I remember when I watched the anime when I was 15, I said, oh my God, the ultimate bookworm, that's me. And then she opened her mouth and I was like, Ew. <laughs> <laughs> and, and But like she grew on me as the series goes on. It's just like, it takes time, I feel like, for her to like warm up to people. And therefore, as an audience, it takes us time to warm up to the character. Yeah, mm-hmm. I spent most of my free time with Toko. Okay, so for context and everyone out there, I have actually never played the game before. I've only seen the anime. And so this is my first time playing the game for this podcast. And so I decided to spend my first free time with Chihiro. Anyone mm-hmm. have a Chihiro? I love her. <laughs> yeah, I feel like she doesn't really have a lot about her within the first chapter you know we don't really find out anything about her till later in the game um so it was a little bit hard for me to form an opinion on her so early I was just like oh yeah a small shy girl yeah I love her I think she's cute I think she's a cutie I know she was one that I initially was attracted like not attracted to like romantically but like a a drawn to I guess is the word um yeah I don't know. She's so sweet. And good. Yeah. There's a moment where you like are first talking to her or something, and she's like, "Oh no, you look angry. Like, did I did I do something wrong?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> Shihiro, you did not do anything wrong. Oh my goodness." I, bean. I have to tell you too. In free time, with um, I'm flipping my notes. Um, in free time, Shihiro literally is like, "I have this really bad mosquito bite." And it really hurts. And then Makoto says, he says, you need to push your finger against it and pop it. And I was like, <laughs> what? Bro. <laughs> That's what bad kind of mosquito bite. What? What? <laughs> that is like, so How weird. How did a bug get into here? I don't know. But I was like, okay, guys. 
Um, well, do we want to talk about, there was something I said. Oh, so I noticed very early on, like the, just how awesome the music is in this game, like, and in setting the tone, like immediately, like in the scene where he wakes up in the school, I was like uneasy because the music is so strong. Um, but it's funny. I have a fun fact, you guys. I'm ready. I learned that the composer for the music of this game didn't watch any footage of the game before composing because he didn't oh. want to be spoiled uh, and he wow. wanted to play through it. I respect really that. Interesting, um, because usually he would watch like um, muted footage of the games that he composes for but this one he didn't want to but it's amazing how well it fits yeah. the ambiance of the whole game. It's crazy. For sure. The, wow. the music is awesome. I especially love the investigation music. It's a bop. Yes, it slaps. Yeah. It. So Box good. 15. That's a hit. <laughs> Oh yeah, my ringtone, y'all. <laughs> yeah, I've walked to class um, listening to Danganronpa music, so. I love that for you, Marin. <laughs> just too much of a jam to deny. It's so good. That's mm. just so good. I mean, we can, oh, can talk I... about... Oh, go ahead, Maddie. Maddie, please. <laughs> I <laughs> just... Something, something funny that I... That just, like, I just thought was funny that I wanted to bring up. I just think it's hilarious that... Um, in that first conversation with Monokuma where he's like explaining what's going on and everyone's like what the hell like we have to kill each other is this a sick joke and like Mondo is getting all riled up because he's like angry boy Um, but the final straw for Mondo like when he decides to attack Monokuma in rage and like almost gets blown up is when Monokuma insults his hair and I think that's really funny You know, oh it goodness. just it just shows how fragile men can be. Like I, I I'm just gonna say, like my brother in high school, he drove like my mom's 2001 Toyota Sequoia, and he he would come home and be like, "Mom, I just look so stupid in that car. I want a cool car." And my mom would, and he would get all like emotional about it and like annoyed. And then my mom would be like, "Well, at least you have a car." <laughs> <laughs> kind of reminds me of like Napoleon uh, Bonaparte because like. Oh my God! Yeah. I mean, he was so aggressively upset whenever anyone would insult his height. And here's Mondo with his weird hair. Like, what is that <laughs> hair? I don't know how it's going to say. Isn't Napoleon the one who, like, got kidnapped by pirates and, like, heard about, like, the ransom that they set for him and was offended because it was too low and made them, like, set the ransom higher? I've definitely heard that. <laughs> I don't know if it's true or not, but... <laughs> oh. Amazing. That's a but yeah. new level of narcissism. I mean, we couldn't get through it one episode without talking about other <laughs> hair. Like, it is so iconic. It's a key oh, topic. Man. There's some gravity-defying hair in this cast of characters. Like, you've got, like, yeah. Hero. Um, yeah, Hero, who literally his hair just, like, hovers. Mm. Um, <laughs> and you have Mondo, who, like, what even is that? And then yeah. you have, like, um, Junko and Celeste with the, the, big, the big pigtails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some iconic hair. Yeah, even Kyoko's kind of stands up. It, like, curls away to the side. That's the kind of volume I want in my shampoo. (laughs) (laughs) I have to bring up really quick, before we kind of get more into, like, the pre, like, murder stuff, um, I really want to talk about, so Sayaka brings up this very real point about, like, following her dreams and, like, her dream of being a pop star and how, like, her career is so dependent on other people seeing her and liking her um yeah and I just like 
I, I really, I literally wrote some real truths about being a performer as an aspiring actor for those of you listeners who don't know, I really want to be an actor. And that was like, so real. And it kind of gave me like another perspective on her character. I had always kind of viewed her as a little one dimensional. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I don't know, it gave me some depth for her. Yeah, but, no, that's interesting. Especially coming from you, Caroline, who I think you might be able to relate to that kind of like the the cutthroat world of <laughs> the performing arts. Okay. So for the pre, uh, pre-murder stuff, one thing I had um, was about the videos, the videos that they're all showing. Yes. Um, the videos where it's like, hey, here's something you love. Look, we took it away. Um, those yeah. videos were a little confusing to me as a motive because um, when I played through the game, you watch the video and that like that's it it's just like uh, makoto's parents makoto's parents are not there anymore um and that to me i was like why would you want to leave after seeing that like why would you see a video of your parents being like implicating that they are dead and be like okay well now i want to go you know I, yeah. i'd like to leave into this world where everything's gone that i love <laughs> um but what's interesting is in the anime when you get to see um Saika's video um, her video at the end said to find out like what happened, you must graduate, um, which gave her a reason to want to leave. But even then, I, I mean, that's something that I kind of wanted to discuss is if you saw a video and everything you loved was taken away from you, would that be a motive to leave? So, Marion, that is a really good question. I kind of had the same thought about like, would that really be a motive? Because it's like, oh, look, the things you love are gone. You can't have them anymore. But um I mean, the anime and the game kind of have a similar message in that, like you were saying, that one message and the other one is, it says something just like, find out after graduation. And so I think that's definitely saying like, the motive, I guess, maybe is like, the unanswered questions or like maybe some kind of unfinished business where it's like, you want to find out what happened to your family or to your friends or whatever. And I think for some people that could be a really powerful motive, um, especially if they are, you know, hopeful that they might be able to get that back because we don't explicitly see that like every, anyone is dead necessarily. It's just like, oh, oh no, my family or my friends are in danger. And so I don't know, but that, that is a good question because it's like, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. True. But in Sayaka's video, all of her bandmates are lying on that stage. Um, yeah. And the implication <laughs> there is that they're dead. I mean, I guess you could threaten them and say, if you don't lie on the stage and act <laughs> dead, then we'll or kill like you or something. Or like knocked out or something. But yeah, yeah. no, that's, that's a good, it's a good question. I like, I'm trying to think. I mean, I think if you're already in this situation that is so heightened and the emotions are already like at a hundred percent, 110 percent, I kind of could see that potentially working. Like I think, um, you know, it's interesting, and I was thinking about this, like, how long would it have taken for a murder to happen without any semblance of a motive? And this Mm. sort of, like, like, it it pulls out the desire in people to want to know what's going on out there, because, like, in here, we literally don't know. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's part of it, and also, again, Sayaka's, like, 
family is this band and she you know like her whole career depends on the success of this group and so it's like I don't know I think it's a valid it is a little mysterious but I think it's done that way so it's up to the brain of the interpreter to right. know where it goes you can't shake think- it like you can't stop thinking about it and it's like the only way I'm going to be able to lay this to rest and figure out what's going on is to get out of here but yeah I, I also just want to say, like, it is rather topical, my friends, that these people are stuck in a place that they cannot leave. <laughs> I was just thinking that. <laughs> I wrote that in my notes. I was like, wow, how topical. There's no outside. They are inside. Right. It's- yeah. Which, I think it's kind of funny to wonder how they would do in quarantine. Um, yep. I think it <laughs> would probably be pretty similar to how the game plays out. <laughs> the rona colon killing game (laughs) but yeah i don't know it's kind of interesting like with this quarantine i haven't really had a problem with staying inside Um, well the thing is though is they don't know what's going on outside but we do that's that i feel like that is the difference very true so um i have one thing i want to share and then we can get into investigation land Mm -hmm. all right that sound okay um i just noticed that celeste to junko says if you can't stop showing a weakness, you will die. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that. Um, also, Chihiro brings up Genocide Jack a lot earlier than in the anime. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. in the anime? Yeah, the anime doesn't bring Genocide Jack up until oh, later. then the anime. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and so it was interesting that Chihiro is like, it could be the work of Genocide Jack. And that comes yeah. up right away okay so for junko's death it was really interesting um for me when i first played through the game because i thought that junko was a really strong character i mean the ultimate fashionista she's an extrovert she's confident you know like she's kind of telling people her opinion what to do all these things and like instantly she was gone and i just thought it was so interesting that she was like there and then not (laughs) it's a shock it's very sudden just all of a sudden she's just dead and um kyoko at that moment after she gets killed says something interesting kyoko says something about like um she says to monokuma like huh like were you planning this the whole time like were you planning to kill somebody and i wonder if she might be correct because um monokuma kind of almost like provoked them or somebody into killing him killing him sorry like (laughs) like stomping on him like he provoked junko into like stomping on him because he like charged at them or whatever and Mm -hmm. so i think he was like possibly trying to like be able to set an example with somebody and just be like here's what happens like i can literally kill you if you like do anything that i don't like so yeah and i think that's kind of interesting um because he implied after Mondo, like, kind of punches him, whatever, and Monokuma explodes as a bomb. Um, <laughs> he's yep. like, do that again, and you'll die. And yep. that is interesting. He said, like, break another rule, and that's it. I'm not giving you another second chance. And, like, yeah. another second chance? That's a little redundant. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he, I think it's interesting, because you have to then consider, what if someone else, other than Junko, had broken the next rule like what if it had been leon what if leon was 
out at night and fell asleep. He napped somewhere, you know, because I think especially for this case, like, let's say Leon goes and naps in the hallway, right? And then Leon gets stabbed with a bunch of swords. Who would Sayaka have drawn to the room? You know, would they have successfully been murdered? Like, would everyone else have blamed uh, Makoto? Like, it's like a kind of a stream of things like this was in a way kind of lucky for Makoto that it was Junko who died and not Leon. Right. Cause also if it had happened after, um, because I believe if I'm remembering correctly, Junko dies after Sayaka. So Sayaka has been murdered and they're about to start the investigation and that's when Junko dies. And so what if that had been Leon? Like, what do you do if the person who committed the murder is now dead for another reason? Like, are you able right. to ha- even have a trial? Cause they don't even know, that it was Leon at that point. It makes in- you, oh yeah, I was just gonna say, it makes you wonder, um, like, how much of this game is really in their hands and how much is outside of their hands? Because, yeah, yeah I, again, like, he didn't kill Mundo, he didn't use, or Mondo, <laughs> Mondo, yeah, <laughs> he didn't kill Mondo, like, he didn't use Mondo as an example. Right, exactly. Junko even says after she's been stabbed, like her dying words, she was like, Why me? That's <laughs> yeah. a good question. Like, could it have yeah. been anybody? You know, I lost my mouth. And it is also interesting what you said, Maddie, that um, about like what if it had been um, Leon and stuff? Because right after um, Junko dies, Biakia, this is in the anime. I don't think this was in the game, but I, I can't remember. But uh, Biakia is like, well, we know that uh, Junko wasn't the murderer, so we need to get on with the investigation. Oh. And that's interesting to me. Like, that is a big assumption. Yeah. Um, it is like i think if i had watched the anime first i would have been really suspicious of biakia because like that's a bold statement yeah Yeah. all right uh we're gonna take a quick break and uh then we'll be back with more danganronpa info Hey guys, before we take our break, I just wanted to come on here and let you know that we have actually been able to start a Patreon. Thanks to you all, our first month has been incredibly successful and we're so thankful to have you guys as listeners because we're just three friends who are really passionate about Danganronpa and we are so glad that we are actually able to create content for you guys. So if you are able to support us financially, we would so appreciate it. And our Patreon subscriptions come with some awesome perks. So we're going to talk to you about those right now. So the first option for donations is $2 a month, and that makes you a reserve course donor. And this will actually give you some early access to some of our episodes, as well as some Patreon-exclusive extras, including bloopers from our podcast, um, possibly some deleted scenes that we had to cut for time, silly videos that we've made, including reactions to us playing the games, and more. If you donate $5 per month, you are a first-year student donor. And in addition to all of the things that Maddie said, you will also get added to a patrons-only Discord server. Um, You will have double entries in any future giveaways that we do, and you will receive a free MP3 of our music. All right, so at $10 a month, you are the ultimate donor. That means you are a super high school level donor. And these donors, in addition to everything that has just been said, you also get to be part of Caroline's book club via Zoom. So that means book club with the IRL high school literary girl. And you also get to have live Discord chats with us and get to hang out. And it'll be super fun. Maybe we could play some of the games together. Maybe have fun like Jackbox game nights. It'll be really fun. 
So the money that you would be donating would help us be able to create more content for you guys. We'll be able to go to conventions and meet you guys, create merch, and maybe have more special guests on our podcast. So thank you very much in advance. And we're so glad to have you guys as listeners. And we can't wait to have you as supporters as well. Hello, everybody. Caroline here with a pretty exciting announcement. So I, separate from the other Ultra Hope girls, am offering some online virtual classes in things such as writing, because, you know, I'm the ultimate literary girl, and performing, and also some clubs and classes virtually via my own school, which I founded, called The Spilling Ink School. You can check that out at thespillinginkschool.com. I'm offering tutoring and college essays. I'm offering, you know, piano classes and all that jazz. So definitely check it out. It's a good time. And I will also be offering some clubs and classes that are Danganronpa related via OutSchool. So I'll keep the links all in the description. They are for people under 18, so ask your parents before checking it out. But yeah, I'm excited to potentially have some listeners in my classes, and I wanted to let you know that that's going on. So thanks so much in advance for checking it out, and I look forward to teaching some of you. All right, so now moving into kind of the trial and investigation section, you know, the murder has happened. Um, Something that I wondered was, so this is actually, um, this actually happens before the murder, but it's, it's kind of relevant. So, um, before that happens, like the night before or whatever, Sayaka asks Makoto to help her find a weapon she can use for self-defense. And, um, at that point, I wonder if she, and, and she hasn't seen her video yet. This is like before all of that. And so, um, part of me wonders, oh, well, was she just being genuine like she genuinely wanted something for self-defense or was she already planning at that point to commit a murder because you could say oh well she hasn't seen her video yet maybe she doesn't have that motive she's really just being genuine or is she already hell-bent on getting out of here and she's already planning on finding a weapon to be used for murder i hear your point maddie my thought i think the moment that she came up with the idea of the murder is when she had a potential person to frame for murder. Mm -hmm. Um, Because uh, Makoto says, I'll do anything. I I promise I'll get you out out of here. I'll do anything to get you out. And she goes, you'll do anything. And that is very like him committing in that moment to being (laughs) the framed person in this situation. Yeah. Um, Saika, she also mentions that um, when she's going to Makoto's room the night of the murder, um, and she tells him that she heard banging on her door. Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious to know if you guys think that that's real. If you guys think that there was banging on her door, because in an easy sense, no, she's trying to frame him. She's trying to freak him out. But I think it's interesting that she assumed Makoto would suggest a room trade because he didn't. He actually suggested that they stay in the same room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a player. <laughs> yeah, Makoto. Woo woo. Is... I don't know. It's interesting. It is interesting. And Caroline, you bring up a really good point about Makoto saying, like, I promise I'll do whatever it takes to get you out of here. Like, I wonder, do you think, did Sayaka take that as permission? to frame him do you think that she took that as um oh well he really is willing to do whatever it takes to get me out of here so i'm gonna do whatever it takes and you know do you think she took that as permission to do what she did 
Absolutely. Even if it wasn't permission, I think um, oh, for sure. she took it that way. You know, um, I think he didn't even realize, but I wonder if he regrets his words later in the yeah. trial. <laughs> Damn. I mean, yeah, I agree. I, that's definitely not permission. <laughs> I consent yeah. to you framing me for murder. No, <laughs> not quite. But yeah, I mean, I wonder if she really did take that as like, okay, he said he made a promise. I can do this now, you know? Also, Okay, I understand this is Makoto, all right? He is kind of infatuated with Sayaka, you know? She's the ultimate pop star, whatever. Absolutely. Why would you trade rooms? This girl comes to your room and says, someone was banging on my door, and I think they'd like to murder me in my room later tonight. And he's like, oh, I'll take that room. Is that, is that free? <laughs> oh, I'm going to get murdered tonight. Said <laughs> oh. <And> Makoto. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so what? <laughs> yeah, and my theory before um we like get in really into the investigation, my theory was that um whoever was the murderer was trying to kill Makoto instead. Like that was my theory, and so yeah, I mean, like <laughs> Makoto, why would you do that? <laughs> he also he accepts the room where he knows someone is going to try. He knows and parentheses or uh, quotation marks that someone's going to try and murder him in the room and then he has this problem with locking his door like he accepts a room where he knows someone will try and murder him and he doesn't even care to lock the door ever you degenerate male <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> I'm just degenerate male. Oh, my God. Um, oh makoto i guess my question is why do you think saika chose leon that's a great question. You know, he wants to be a musician. True. So there is that sort of, you know, getting a connection with the ultimate pop sensation. True. Maybe she thought that he would be easiest to lure to her room. But I would have picked Hifumi then, personally. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Hifumi is obsessed with women, whether he admits it or not. And he just seems like an easier person to kill than an athlete. Um, so that is interesting. I think Caroline might be right um, about the music link there. Yeah. I, I will say, though, Hifumi is very particular about insisting that he only likes 2D. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, all the people in this universe are 2D. Just Oh my God. Wow, that's deep. <laughs> I also, before we get to the actual murder, I want to share another fun fact that I just have in the back of my mind for some reason. Yes, so go for it. The creators of Danganronpa, the first two characters that they created were Leon and Sayaka. And they had to use those models to copy for, like, for all of the other characters in it. And so they were so tired of having to go back to them that they were like, all right, those are the first people gone. We're not. We hate them. We're murdering them now. <laughs> wow. Oh my god. <laughs> that is a very fun fact. <laughs> wow. Okay. So for the actual murder, what is so interesting about this murder? Um, I did a lot of research into how she died. Um, Sayaka. Surprise, Sayaka dies. Um, <laughs> and what is really interesting to me about her death is the amount of references to pop culture that, um, that can be linked to it. Um, I mean, throughout this entire game, there are references at every turn to multiple media forms. Um, but Sayaka's death, there were two really, um, two 
references that I thought were really interesting. Um, one is the movie Psycho from the 60s, mm. Alfred yep. Hitchcock. She dies in the bathroom. Um, yeah. in the bathroom. So that's very interesting, but even more interesting. <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, there's a band called the Sex Pistols, and the Sex Pistols is a band that inspired Leon in the game. He says, that's part of, oh. like, that's one of the three groups that inspires me to create music. And in the Sex Pistols, there is, uh, their bassist, I think it's their bassist, his name is Sid Vicious. And Sid Vicious um, was under trial. He, um, I think he was acquitted, but he was um, accused of murdering his girlfriend, Nancy Spungen, I think is her name. And the way that Nancy Spungen died was a stab wound from a knife to her chest under the sink in a bathroom, which is oh. the exact same way Sayaka dies. And wow. the biggest thing, Sid Vicious wears a padlock around his neck, just like a certain man named Ooh. Leon Kawada. No kidding. <laughs> oh my God, that's wow. wild. That's so awesome. Yeah. Marin, so, kudos to you for figuring that out. Oh my oh, goodness. Thank you, thank you. I had some help from the internet, but um <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, that's so wild. I mean, I I it's hard to say after that that there wasn't inspiration there. Oh yeah, for um, sure. That's uh, that would be a hell of a coincidence. Yeah, especially since he names the Sex Pistols as his inspiration. I mean I know, that's oh my god. I feel like so I in playing the game for the first time, I, I think I learned a lot more about, like, the characters, obviously, because in a 30-minute episode anime, like, you're not going to get all the information. And Toko says something very interesting during, like, I, like after the trial, basically, after Leon has been, like, convicted. Um, and she says, a totally normal kid or a national superstar, who are you more likely to believe? And I mm. think that that like kind of sums up what this case is like yeah. in a quote almost like oh toko yeah my queen <laughs> <laughs> she must be like a writer or something i don't know I mean, she might write some things oh wait also unrelated really quick i literally half of my notes are quotes from characters literally kyoko says to freaking makoto during the investigation and i can't remember in what like context like what she responded to but she says do you often talk like an aspiring poet i said <laughs> i was like thank you kyoko for calling out degenerate males <laughs> oh my goodness is that gonna be my kick like this? degenerate males <laughs> it's kind of funny though because like makoto's inner thoughts are really poetic sometimes he's like mm -hmm. he's a very like sensitive person like he's kind of like <laughs> I'm making says some... grimacing faces I'm yeah <laughs> no he says some very interesting things though it's like it's kind of it's it's yeah no it's just kind of funny to me like how because you wouldn't expect him to be the kind of person I don't think who would have those kinds of like deep poetic thoughts <laughs> yeah. he's an artist it's his craft it's his craft <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I think um, things to notice from the trial itself. I have empty seat. Yeah, what is that, that about? He um, said in the anime, he was like, don't think too much about it. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's think of it now. <laughs> yeah. That um, has to mean something, right? I mean, like, they wouldn't just, like, randomly have that for no reason. 
you know, it's interesting because this is the first game in the series. And so we have, we don't already have it in our minds playing it, that like this game is going to mess with you in a lot of different ways. And mm. so that might not seem important right now. Yeah. But it could be important. You know, that that's kind of something. I always assumed out. it was like a seat kind of for Monokuma. Um, Oh, like okay. the bear in mean. case he wanted to like jump into the conversation that's kind of where I took it okay yeah, yeah I wondered about that too I also so some highlights from the trial for me I said literally this note quote says okay Biakia buddy you're hot I get it <laughs> like, I kind of understand now like because Maddie and Aaron both think Biakia is just like the hottest being in the world He's just and you know I didn't understand but you know what now I understand. <laughs> yes, welcome. He's kind of oh god, he's terrible. Like he's terrible. He's like, he's terrible. But he's I, awful. But like, I don't know why. Like, I literally should hate him. I just want him to hate make out with me. Right. That's yep. it. <laughs> <laughs> I also just want to bring up because I think it's just it, it, we need to bring up the wholesomeness. Hina and Sagara slept in the same room. Yes, because they're. So perfect for each other. I they are. They, it's too th- good. That's canon, right? Like they're gay. It has to be. They never <laughs> say it, but it is so blatantly obvious. Yeah, like it's so cute, and it's like I like that it's not like mentioned. It's like this is a mm-hmm. gay relationship. It's like we all right. know it is, and it's just accepted. And it's like it's not oh. what defines them. Exactly. Like they're their own people, but they're like, oh my god. I love them. <laughs> Something so I'm actually about Sakura and Hina, they're having evening tea the night before the murder, right? Yes, they are. I know, cute, right? <laughs> evening tea. <laughs> <laughs> and they're in the kitchen, and Sayaka comes in there, and she grabs a knife and leaves. And she's like, I'm just having fun. I'll see you guys tomorrow, right? I just want to know what she was thinking What happened in the trial. Like, I understand she was going to try and frame Makoto, and maybe she'd be like, oh, he pressured me to get the knife. But, like, how could you explain that away? Like, you literally were seen getting the murder weapon. Aaron, I (laughs) I just asked you, who are you more likely to believe? (laughs) An ordinary kid or an international pop sensation? You know, that's a really good point. (laughs) Are you a writer? (laughs) Uh, Yes. (laughs) Toko? A writer writes. <laughs> That's oh so God. good. Yeah. Um, also, just as an outside eye, again, this is the first time playing this game. This trial, and I don't know if you guys can confirm this, this trial feels fast to me. Like, and it's not because I don't already know what's going on. There's no intermission. There are like okay. three games that don't exist in this trial. And it's like, there's one truth bullet per question. And so right. I'm like, it's like it it feeds me the answer that spoon feeds me (laughs) definitely the first game one thing that i would suggest doing which now it's probably too late um for you caroline because you can't change difficulties midway would be to play on hard hard logic um there's also no intermissions in any of the trials in the first game um that was something that surprised me in the second game i was like what (laughs) because they were like ending the trial and i was like do you want to save and i was like are we done (laughs) (laughs) there's still more to discuss (laughs) literally we didn't find the murderer and i'm like all right (laughs) yeah so anyways um i do think that they're shorter um but i i would highly suggest for all of our listeners um to play play on a hard logic Okay, this is the last point I want to say before we get to the, like, 
big question of this case, I think, unless anyone else has anything they want to say. Um, but I just want to say really quick. Um, so the, the whole thing with like the sleeve, like falling out of the fiery depths of the incinerator. Uh, why did I say it like that? <laughs> a, writer, a writer writes, guys. <laughs> that was beautiful. Thank you. Oh, thank you. But it, it implies like, and people are like, well, he's not the only one who wears a long button down shirt. And the fact he is wearing the exact same outfit the next day implies that every character in this game has like seven of the same outfit and clothes <laughs> every day. Which is so funny. It's like a uniform, but yes. they don't have the same one. <laughs> oh my god. All right, Maddie, go for it. Go for it. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about 11037 real quick because um, when I don't know about y'all, but when I first played through this game, I was like, I took one look at it and I was like, oh my god, it says Leon. <laughs> like it was, it felt so obvious. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, like, that wasn't very difficult at all. But, um, but nobody else in the game gets it until Kyoko comes out during the trial and is like, y- y'all are dumb, like, flip it <laughs> upside down. <laughs> but I also realized that um, this, at least to my understanding, in the Japanese version, it's the same. Like, it's not, like, Japanese characters or whatever. I'm pretty sure it's, it looks exactly the same in the Japanese version. At least it does in the anime, and I, I think in the game as well. Um, which kind of makes sense because um, in, like, the Japanese version, it's, like, the... It's custom to, like, refer to people by their last names. So Leon would be... He would be Kuwata. Everyone would be calling him Kuwata because that's his last name. And so... Um, writing down Leon is a little bit less obvious because you have to remember, oh, his first name is Leon. And then I think in the anime, um, I was watching the, um, I've, I've played the game and watched the anime and I watched the, um, the subtitle version, not the dub version. So um, they're speaking yes. Japanese and it's translated. Yeah. And so Subs um, over dubs. I'd like to pause <laughs> and say that. I will fight for that until I die. Okay. Keep I know going, you do, Marin. Um, <laughs> But Makoto at one point in the anime says, like, Kuwata, Leon is your first name, isn't it? And then Leon is like, what, what are you talking about? And, and so I think that is, like, um, I was, like, first playing through it, I was like, wow, that's so obvious. Like, why is that even, like, you know, suspension of disbelief, but why isn't everyone figuring that out? But then it makes a little more sense when you think about the Japanese version, I think, is a little less obvious. All, All right. right, let's do it. Self defense or do murder? Think it was self defense or murder. Let's just go around and give our thoughts. I have very strong feelings about this. Um, I personally am of the opinion that it was murder. Um, it's interesting because the uh, manga and the anime make it seem more like self defense, and the game makes it seem more like murder. Um, yeah. And I played the game first, so maybe that causes a little bit of bias, but. Um, Here's here's my reasoning. Okay, when um, when Leon holds up the golden sword and Sayaka hits it, misses whatever, um, then he breaks her wrist, right? And then she runs into the bathroom. She closes the door. She sits down. She's scared. So he goes and gets his kit to unlock the door, right? Because he doesn't know how the door works in in her quote unquote room. And so that to me makes it a pre 
meditation, you know, even if she tried to kill him first, there were 10,000 other ways that he could have ended it. He could have gone and woken everyone up. He could have gone back to his room. Um, he could have um, done a bunch of things. I mean, and then also in the manga, I think it is, they say that Sayaka opens the door again to try and deal another blow. But that to me is unrealistic because she has a broken wrist all right. She has no ma- no murder weapon now, right? The like idea that this very petite woman with a broken wrist would try and take on the world's greatest baseball player and athlete with no weapon is absurd to me. Like she would have to be incredibly desperate or stupid or both. <laughs> so that's my opinion. I think that it was murder because I mean, he had a lot of time to not go back and kill her. That's my opinion. Yeah, I I kind of agree with most of what you said. I think I haven't read the manga, but that's really interesting that you bring that up because I also agree. I think that's very unrealistic, especially um, if she is right-handed, it was her right wrist that was broken. I don't think you'd want to be trying to deal another blow at that point. And and I agree. I I think you you bring up good points about him having plenty of opportunities to to change his mind and you I think I believe it is Celeste who says that exact same thing during the trial she was like when Leon is like oh but it was self-defense I didn't have a choice it's Celeste who then says oh but you did you had to go back to your room and get your toolkit and then come back and break through the door and kill her like you had plenty of opportunities to stop what you were doing and I'm like damn Celeste like okay like I love Leon to death I mean I think that in a killing game situation like this where they're being forced to like do this stuff they do have less responsibility because of this crazy situation that they've been put in but I also and and I love Leon even though I know he's extremely problematic I I, he's my problematic fave I have many problematic faves Biagio is another one but (laughs) but like I yeah I I do think it was murder and I I I do think that the self-defense excuse doesn't work because he you know broke into the bathroom to get to her and it's you know but he does say something one of the quotes like right before he gets executed is he says none of you are any different one wrong step and you'd be the one standing here and that I do believe I do believe that that. echoing something that Marin that you said earlier like anyone is capable of that I I think so given the right situation yeah it could have been anyone and it might have just been bad luck that he was the one Sayaka chose to try and lure into that situation and anyone else might have done that And so it's kind of just like a, you know, it's complicated. But when he says that, when he says none of you are any different, I, I do believe that. Yeah, that, um, that's real. And so I a hundred percent agree. I don't think it was self-defense. I think it started out that way and then quickly got out of hand. Um, something that I do want to bring up though, is like, you know, I don't, I only know this from like my personal experience. So I'm not like, I, I don't study like psychology behind aggression in in men like and all that stuff Maddie does um psychology psychology. (laughs) (laughs) Um, there's the argument like I'm playing devil's advocate for a second so we kind of of already talked about the other points but like there's the point of he's in a crazy scenario where people are killing each other and his mindset is kill or be killed especially after being attacked and like being like, oh my God, my life is at risk. Holy crap. Like, I think that, I think that there is validity on both sides, though I agree with Celeste. Wait, I also need to share you guys, Celeste. 
is like, I love her. I want to love be her. her. She is so hot. Love <laughs> I just her. love her so much. That's all. I just thought um, we should give context to that, but that's all. Marin. Yeah, so um, that's really interesting. Um, there have been a couple Law & Order SVU episodes that I've seen, actually, where the uh, defendant uses the defense of rage, that rage is why they killed someone, and that should be enough, because when you get into a fit of rage, you can't stop. Um, and that has never worked in Law & Order SVU as a defense. Um, it, it's very, you know, like, it's like, oh, I was angry. <laughs> I was really mad. <laughs> yeah, but um, I think that's really interesting because to a point, like, if you felt something like rage, you know that, like, you are just kind of going through the motions and, like, there's not really, you're not really thinking of your consequences. Um, but I don't think that that expunges you from those consequences. Um, yeah, I don't know. It is very interesting, though, yeah. Do we want to talk about his execution at all? Because, oh my god, I was shook after watching that. Like, literally, that is a horrible way to die. It's, it's brutal. <laughs> Those brutal. executions brutal. really bothered me. Ooh. Something, I didn't like watching them. It's like this game, it, it's genius because these kids are still in high school. And so they're still growing and still developing. And it means, like, you watch this execution and you're like, did that person really deserve to no, die that he way? No, he didn't. He didn't. No. no. I mean, I, like, yes, he murdered somebody, but, like, that was brutal. And he is also, like, 16 or 17 years old. Yeah. And he and also... Go ahead, Maddie. Oh, sorry. It's. I was just going to say, I mean, especially for me, because I love him, but it is so hard to watch, like, um, more so in the game than the anime, because the anime doesn't, like, go into as much detail, but, um, like, right before his execution, when Leon is literally, like, screaming, like, no, please don't do this, please don't do this, like, oh my god, like, I was, there was a lot to handle, like, it was so hard to watch. He also, Monokuma, uses what they love against them yeah, in the execution. Yeah. That is so dark. Like, yeah. oh my goodness. <laughs> Oof. Anything else we, we want to comment on or you think we're... I've think gone good. through all my notes. We're yeah. wrapped, y'all. So, <laughs> hey, fam, thanks for listening for our first episode of our podcast. We're so excited Yay! because we yes. were like talking. The reason why we started this is we were like, this is a content-starved community and we need to provide yes. content for our community. We like to end our podcast <gasps> with a round <Yes>. of... <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Uh, no, you're good. Um, we we like to end our podcast with a round of bed, wed, behead. Um, <laughs> which, uh, yeah. So today for the first round, um, we are going to be talking about the three people who have died. Um, so we've got Junko, the ultimate fashionista, um, Leon Kuwata, ultimate baseball star, and Saika, the ultimate pop sensation. <laughs> so uh, Caroline, why don't you start us off? Wow. Um, <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> um, well, I have always sort of, um, like the kinds of people that I am attracted to are not usually like masculine men. So I think that I would, sorry, Leon and Maddie's heart that is breaking right now. Um, uh, I'm going to have to kill Leon just because of that, I think, cause I don't have any desire to bed Leon. Um, <laughs> I have no, no. um I, but also like hmm, okay I think I'd have to go with Sayaka just for marriage because we would work in a similar field and I think like since we're both like very focused on our craft like we would have a good like 
relationship in a marriage scenario um because i don't know that, that's just my thinking and then i would bed um you can go <laughs> all right maddie you're up all right so um for me personally <laughs> i would um i would marry leon i don't think you guys are surprised by that nope. i do love him and although he is extremely problematic nobody is perfect so there's that i would pro- <laughs> i would probably um well i'm not using the right terminology i'm sorry i would wed leon i would probably for bed i'd probably say junko because she is kind of cute um <laughs> and i would kill sayaka behead i'm sorry sayaka because i'm sorry but i don't really like her so bye bye sayaka <laughs> bye bye <laughs> Okay, for me, um, I would wed Junko. Um, wow. <laughs> I know. Uh, she, she's got some drive, though, you know? Like, she doesn't need other people to thrive, and I admire that. Um, unlike Saika, um, who, who I would bed, um, <laughs> because Sai- oh, she's just so, like, it takes her, like, five seconds to want to murder, and I just couldn't handle that level of, like, instability for life, um, and then, unfortunately, I would behead Leon. I'm so sorry, Maddie. Yeah, I just, (laughs) just, he doesn't really get me anywhere. (laughs) That's so funny. Guys, we did did it! it! (laughs) Oh my god, we are doing a podcast. Hey guys, thank you for tuning into our podcast with Marin and Maddie and Caroline, the Ultra Hope Girls. We have a Facebook page that you can go like, and we also have a private group for all of our friends out there when we want to further the discussion, and you can talk to us directly on there at all times, basically. Um, Yeah, we are really excited to be doing this podcast because we were like, this is a content-starved community that needs more things about Danganronpa in the world. So here we are. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening and we will talk to you next week.